Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode, which at the request of one of our listeners, Deborah, is all about abstract art. Um, But before we get onto that, thanks so much to everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media, the things they've been doing for the challenges. Keep them coming. We absolutely love seeing what you're doing. Um, A huge thank you as well to our latest flurry of Kofi supporters, you know, since the running of... um, kicking the creatives the costs have gone up quite a bit recently haven't they so uh, your help is so important to us and we really really appreciate it even more than ever so thank you very much it shows us that you like what we do and you'd like us to continue what we do so we're going to thank each of you personally at the end of the show yeah and finally we want to thank our sponsor evolve evolve can teach you how to paint in a realism style to a professional level in a year or less and for the fraction of a price of an art school because that costs a blooming fortune mm. not only do they provide all the lessons and support online but they also send you all the materials you'll need you can watch a free webinar from evolve and that's like a bit of a master class just to give you some tips on painting by mm. going to kick forward slash evolve webinar or if you want to hear more about the Evolve program, you can go back and listen to episode 67 and 73. Anyway, Sandra, (laughs) what is new with you? Well, anyone who listened to our last um, episode will know that I was, uh, have been going through the biggest art, I don't know if you can call it a block, but lots of mojo that I've ever had since I started painting years ago. I've had them before, but um, if you want to go back and hear what's been going on, I'd, I'd suggest going back to the other one because I don't want to bore you with, all, with it again and say the same old things. But um, basically, if you did listen to that, I'm sure you want to know a bit of an update. Um, just to very briefly say that I was in a place where I had um, unsubscribed to every art email that I'd ever subscribed to, apart from Tara. <laughs> Apart from yours and about two others, actually. That's only because you knew I'd kill you. <laughs> no, I'd always want to know what you're up to. But it's it's really it was really not because of I didn't I wasn't interested in what people were doing. It's more that it made me feel bad because I wasn't doing anything. Do you know what I mean by that? So having yeah, all of these, yeah. you know, how, and it's like I I wasn't able to. I was off social media, um, mainly not because I didn't you know don't love other people's art but it was making me feel worse about not creating myself um I couldn't bring myself to watch a YouTube video on any arty stuff because again you know just made me feel like why why can't you know what is wrong with me why aren't I doing this you know why aren't I getting the same kick out of all this that I was so it's been pretty dark actually um But since we recorded, funny enough, I said to you at the end of the episode, didn't I? I actually felt better for chatting about it and being quite frank about it um, and not hiding the fact. Because I even said to you, didn't I? You know, I feel almost like a fraud, um, you know, recording a podcast when I was feeling totally uninspired to create any art myself. So um, I worried about that. And then we recorded it anyway. And I felt quite a bit like a bit of relief I think just I don't know saying it out loud saying exactly how I was feeling and um I was your therapist wasn't you I? were you did a pretty good job actually I never would have imagined you would <laughs> <laughs> I can make a fortune <laughs> um what I would say is uh I honestly didn't believe at one point that I was ever going to feel my um my want to create ever again I literally thought I'm going to delete my website everything because I'm just I'm just never going to do this again really odd but since then um I've things have happened a little bit in that 
I just decided, well, just because I've done this episode and I've aired, you know, my thoughts and everything, I'm not going to feel like I've got to rush out and try and get it back in time for the next episode. I'm just going to let myself have this block and just let it take its course and see what happens, if anything. Um, but since then, I've um, I got started getting a bit of a pull, actually, into the art room, not to paint at all, but just to stick my hand in a pencil case and, you know, feel a pen in my hand and do a little bit of sketching. And it was funny, actually, because the reason it happened is we had some deliveries come through for the office at work. And in, in the delivery were these whiteboard pens and they were all different colours. So they looked a bit like felt pens, that, um, but they had these spongy things on the end um, where you could kind of wipe it off the board. And, and it's really weird. I don't know what it was about just handling these pens. And it just, I don't know, it just made... I don't know, tug, tugged my heartstrings a bit and made me think, oh, you know, oh, this looks fun sort of thing. Chunky and, marker. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it was just, I think it was just the colours and I don't know, it just gave me that little, um, I don't know, that little bit of excitement. Oh, I, you know, I really fancy using these. Um, anyway, so I, I think a couple of days later I did go into the art room and I decided I was going to do some more blind contour which I actually enjoyed which was great because I didn't think I was going to enjoy anything again but I I, I really enjoyed it and I didn't push it I haven't pushed it um and I've done a few of those now and um what happened next oh yes so about three days ago I went into a bakery and there were these big um what are those oh, what are those um what are those buns called they look like they look like boobs but they've got white icing oh. on them and cherries on the top uh, what they're, they're called Danish, belgian are they? are they belgian buns iced belgian oh, buns or something oh, oh chelsea I don't know. chelsea buns but basically they're like these buns with these ice icing on on the buns with these um glacier cherries in the middle and i was yeah. waiting for my 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 crusty ham and um salad roll <laughs> which I was going to take to work and uh I just happened to look at these buns and I thought oh, love the shine on that you know cherry and oh that icing you know running down the side Ooh, I wonder what it'd be like to capture that you know bread and you know the bready bun bit and didn't buy one but because I literally didn't want to I didn't actually want to paint that particular bun but it made me think hmm, maybe Maybe what I want to do is paint a different subject, um, not yeah. glass, not marbles, but something that I haven't done before. Because um, yeah. I remember doing that boiled egg. Do you remember the egg and soldier and that sort of thing? And I really yeah, enjoyed I that. Yeah, I like that picture. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was sort of different, I think, for me. And I enjoyed capturing the texture of the, the soldier dipping into the yolk and that sort of thing. And I haven't done anything like that since. So I came back with this kind of new level of inspiration thinking oh, I might you know what I might do is buy a fairy cake well I suppose a cupcake you know the ones with the indulgence um I don't know dollop of icing on the top with a cherry on the top something like that yeah but of course the, a couple of days later in fact it was yesterday I went back to the bakery to see if they had any and they haven't and she oh. said why don't you go to Waitrose they they have them I thought well, I don't really want to pack it you know one but then somebody else yeah. said no no they do them in their bakery section they do quite indulgent looking ones um so I'm gonna go back and if they don't do one I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make one I'm just gonna make one myself and I think I might do a um I might paint some cupcakes, but that is that is where I'm at. So I haven't done much, but I have now got to that point where I want. I feel like I'm feeling feeling the pull, and I'm thinking, "Ooh, that could be fun." Which is a could you put a spoon in it or anything? What in a cupcake? Who eats a cupcake? So you wouldn't eat it with a spoon. (laughs) I might. Oh yeah, or a I cup mean, of tea with it with a spoon. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, that's a bit too twee, too twee maybe. Yeah. yeah, but I did think about doing one where it's sort of like bro- you know, a piece broken off, and you've got all the texture inside. Yeah, and you've, got, you've got the gooiness, and then you've got the kind of spongy. But that's the ba- that is the the best I have felt for about I don't know how long has it been? A couple of months, I guess, where I've been feeling really really blocked. Um, so I can only imagine now that things are going to get 
better. I hope so. So, do you like yeah. those buns? By the way, do you like? I love okay, them. Okay. Uh, are you sure that's not the reason? Uh, not really. No. Okay. I don't, well, I don't like wine, but I paint loads of wine. <laughs> that's true. I love beer, but I haven't yet painted a beer bottle. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, yeah I've done the know. tops, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I did the beer bottle tops, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah beer bottles as well. Really. But, yeah, apart yeah. from that, no. So, obviously, that it's baby steps, and I'm feeling a lot better. I don't feel like a fraud anymore. I feel like I've just gone through this thing. I've shared it with everyone, like we try and share. We try and share everything, you know. Yeah. What's real, don't we? And we next do. time, actually, I know we, what we're going to go on today is not this, but next time you've just done a show, haven't you, which we're not really going to talk too much about today because we're going to do an episode. Like, you haven't it. asked me what's new. I haven't told anybody that yet. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, well, let's get on to that then. <laughs> what is new with you? <laughs> Had you finished? Have I spoiled it? Have I spoiled it now? Oh, yeah, you Everyone have. knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's it. That's it for me. All right, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so what's new with me, like you've just ruined, is that I've just done my first ever art and craft show um i did it 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 was fairly local at this kind of old hall that has like these stables and buildings and they have everybody's in these stables buildings and stuff and some people are outside but the really sad thing was everybody was going this is terrible i've never known so little people come to this event but if you hadn't been there if you had um, if nobody had said that, would you have thought, oh, this is really quiet or not? I would have thought it's really quiet because I've been as a person to look round before. Yeah. Um, and when, and Kevin came to like, bring me some lunch and he said, oh my God, the car park is empty. And when we've been for lunch and obviously we had to stay near the stall, but when we've been before, we've been in the courtyard and it's been packed. It's been hard to find somewhere to sit or yeah. it's been really busy. And he said, there's literally hardly anybody. There's about eight people in the courtyard. Oh, God. So I don't know if they advertised it really badly or what, but mm. every stallholder was saying, oh, my God, this is terrible. Um, I mean, for me, I wouldn't have known for sure, but I'd have thought it was a bit quiet here. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I didn't sell hardly anything. I mean, to be to be fair, I thought it might be the wrong place for me, but I just thought, I'm going to try this just to try and get a bit of feedback on my work and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you were really nervous about it, weren't you? I was you? really nervous, and I think one of the good... I See, I definitely don't regret doing it, because now I won't be so nervous doing it again, you know, something similar. Well, I will be nervous, but you know what I mean? It's not yeah. quite such a big... And also some of the preparation uh, is done already, isn't it, in the fact you've yeah, bought the exactly. things you need and stuff. And the people around me were lovely, all the stallholders. So... I had an old couple who made ceramics one side and she could talk the hind legs off a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) She was lovely, really nice. And they were really interesting. They'd been making ceramics. They were in the 70s. He was definitely 72, so she must have been similar, I guess. I'd met at art college uh, and they'd been making ceramics since art college and and dabbled in other bits of craft as well. And then on my other side... There was this really lovely uh, woman and her partner, and she made uh, jewellery out of cutlery. And she was fantastic because she kept, she goes, I don't want you to be despondent. And then she goes, oh, why don't you try this gallery? And then she'd give it to me. And the next morning she goes, oh, you know, I was telling you about a TV programme you could apply to. She goes, I've got all the details. I've got the, the email for you here. Oh, she was so good. What TV yeah. programme? So, there's, she was telling me about this program called Make It Make It and Market. Oh, that's it. I've seen that. That's I have ever seen it before. Yes, I've seen it. It's on BBC. It. Make, BBC. It, uh, make It Something and Sell It or something. I don't no, know. Make It and Market. market. It's on BBC. Make It and Market. BBC iPlayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've BBC seen it. BBC iPlayer. So I, yeah, I'd never watched it. And she said there was an artist on it who'd since then seemed to be doing really well so she goes oh, you ought to apply for that and so she got me the she'd got me the email address and everything so today i've applied <gasps> oh my god that's so exciting <laughs> well, well i'm, I'm so excited hang on you don't know that you don't know, know. that <laughs> but a lot of them are crafters so yeah mostly but... it's craft oh, exactly exactly mostly it's craft so maybe there'd be Glad to have something else that's not craft, but oh, so they've got a bit of variety. 
so, oh, so we'll see so. but anyway I, I applied so amazing yes. that's brilliant and so the show then obviously yeah. you were saying that you you know you were a bit disappointed there was no sales <clears throat> yeah no there was sales but not many right and, and you didn't know right. did you I but saw... did, did i was just interested going back to what you said about the, the turnout wasn't great the town it was in have they not got like a it's facebook not in a town. page oh i was gonna say because if that town had like a facebook page normally you'd get people going on their advertising something's going on oh we've got a craft fair here on, on whatever it's a and... village it's a village but it's a hall so uh, it's okay. like uh, an old um an old stately home kind of thing mm. um but as part of a village yeah. but i mean yeah they should have been on facebook and i usually see it popping up and i wonder if if they hadn't put the event on there or i don't because know because that's why. the place really isn't it and now like, like to get to the people the yeah. local people for local I mean, yeah yeah i mean we we live in a in a small town and there's a little an even smaller one it's a little village just down the road and and we've kind of there's a facebook that lumps them both together and if anything's going on anywhere it'll always go in it'll come it'll pop up on my facebook straight away so and you know yeah. it's a great way of getting the word out so i just wonder if they missed a bit of a trick there and just forgot to put it on facebook yeah. or something i so don't know you, but i just so just a couple of friends go on a couple of friends of mine hadn't even seen it until i mentioned it right right oh, so, i see yeah. and do you think that next time you do it obviously you've had to outlay some stuff haven't you Yes. So next time, I guess it'll be a lot more straightforward and cheaper, and you won't have to fret about getting things pre- prepared and stuff. Yeah, it will definitely cut out some of it. I have applied to do another one somewhere else mm. um, that a friend of mine suggested because she yeah, used yeah. to do a lot of shows mm. with with a photographer. She did them. She was yeah, doing yeah. their sales sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, so yes. Well, I, I guess I we shouldn't really talk too much more about it because no. we're going to talk, we're going to do a whole episode on um, craft shows and, I mean, I've done an exhibition, so we're going to talk a lot about that next time. And today we've decided, haven't we, we're going to talk about abstract because somebody asked us if we would do an episode on abstract. And we haven't, we've always been trying to find someone like an abstract artist to come on, haven't we? But we've sort of not managed to get someone that's, that really fits the bill. So we thought, well, let's talk about it ourselves. So... The first thing we should say is for anyone listening who's unsure what makes an abstract um, piece of work, I I guess, um, well, it's basically trying, it's making something that doesn't necessarily um, attempt to represent the the actual reality, isn't it? It might use shapes and colours and gestural marks to achieve that effect instead of you know, copying something, if you like. But Tara, I think I'm going to let you kind of kick off because your your work is far more abstract than mine and you've dabbled in it a lot more than I have. So what, what you know, what are your thoughts on, on abstract? Yeah, see, I have, I wouldn't say I do pure abstract, but no. I abstract things. So yeah. I can only really talk from my experience of that and I mean, I've, I have tried pure abstract, but that was more doing something digitally because I needed something in a certain colour to go in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, so it wasn't really a, you know, a proper, proper what I would call. But what I would say is I think you get people who think, ah, uh, abstract, you just chuck, chuck a load of paint. Do you know mm, what I mean? Or yeah. you, you don't really consider it. And um, from my personal experience, the first time I ever really attempted, apart from my bathroom pictures, to do something semi-abstract was, do you remember our Abstract Art April Challenge, our first one, I think it was, we ever yeah. had. Yeah. And I thought, oh, shall I, try, shall I try this? And I thought, yeah, let's have a go. And I tried to create some abstract faces and the first ones were shocking because... I think you really need to get into the mindset of it because yeah. I was so used to creating real. And I think, well, how, how do I go from this real thing to this not quite so real thing in my, in my case? Yeah. Um, and I think I realized from that that abstract is definitely, or semi-abstract, is definitely something that you can learn. It's not something, it's not just going to happen overnight. And I think we tend to assume that because it's abstract, it will happen overnight we can just put paint down and 
and it's easy, but it's not. I think it's a, a thing that the more you do it, the more you understand how you can make it work for you. I don't know about that. Do you think that? I think there's this, this um, kind of myth, really, that anyone can do it. <laughs> Abstract is easy peasy. You just, you know anything goes and yeah to a degree anyone can have a go at abstract painting but I do think you can tell the ones who are experienced abstract painters to the ones who are not and usually the giveaway is the balance is all wrong so even so you're talking about abstracting say a face or something like that aren't you yes with, with abstract something like maybe I don't know well let's talk about someone like Jackson Pollock um yeah well, I was re- <laughs> I always remember actually um did you ever watch One Foot in the Grave it's a comedy um years ago a classic yeah. comedy in here in Britain uh, One Foot in the Grave and the the guy who found in a skip what he thought was an original Jackson Pollock and it turned out it was the bottom of a chicken run <laughs> oh <laughs> just no. covered in chicken poo and there were big splats of t- chicken poo and he knew that his neighbor was a real art fan so he gave him this picture to hang on his wall um thinking he'd given him this Jackson Pollock it was really funny but that's sort of a classic example isn't it you're not you know people don't necessarily understand an abstract they just think oh it's just blobs here and there but actually you know in a a good abstract you'll there'll be a there'll be you know a balance there there'll be um a, a pattern that leads the eye there'll be um it'll work in black and white whereas you know if you you know if you did it if you perhaps did the tonal values and you didn't take those into consideration if you then turn that to black and white it won't work um there's all sorts of and it's like color as well the balance of color there's all these considerations these abstract artists they make but somebody who doesn't know that will think oh anyone could do that i could do that but it's not as easy as you think you know even someone like Rothko, um, I mean, yeah, it's basically, you do look, I, I mean, I know I've looked sideways at some things and thought, really, how, why is that worth, you know, thousands of pounds? It's basically a rectangle. <clears throat> there are some things I do, I still raise my eyebrows out and think it's, they're taking the, taking yeah. the mick, really, do you know what I mean? And they're just, I don't know, but. In, there are other things I look at and I think, well, I can see there that that isn't just that. It's not just what it seems. There is an element of interest to that that you have to look for and you have to look a bit deeper into. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. It's funny, actually, because I'd put down what you just talked about with the balance and the colours and everything. I'd actually put that as my second point <clears throat> to, I, to talk about. <laughs> I've stolen something else of you yours have. then. <laughs> But we haven't actually, we haven't seen these points either, which is kind of funny. But, um, and it's it's something I really noticed when I started trying to abstract things. Yeah. Because you're no longer being literal to something you see. So therefore you can't necessarily use the colours you see. And do you know what I mean? You're having to kind of adapt and make things up because it's not, it's not on a picture and then then i'd sort of find myself thinking oh i've got a bit of red down there at the bottom of the face so i need to add a bit to the top at the other side yeah and it would i'd really start to think about it much much more with things like that and also shapes you know if you've got a swirly shape one side maybe you want it the other side or you want something to clash you want a more a sharper line because you've got a curve and I think it makes you think much, much more. It does, because if- you also want to av- avoid symmetry in an abstract way you can, and yet you've still got to balance those things. So you still, like you say, yeah. if there's a bit of red somewhere, you also need to have that elsewhere as well, even if it's very, very little bit. So you don't really notice it, but it, well, it, it it's funny how it works. Abstract painting, I think, is a very um, complex, it's complex art, isn't it? It's probably just as hard as as doing something literal if you know what you're doing yeah I mean I've actually never been brave I say brave enough really to try a pure abstract of you and I've I've not no and yet it's funny actually because you know a friend of mine 
I mean, she sews, but she's she literally has got no um, experience in art at all. Never has, never been interested in it whatsoever. And I always remember when she she did her bathroom, and then she just got a canvas from hobby craft because she said I just need something colorful on the wall and she just did tons of stripes of different colors on this <laughs> without any thought so and put it on the wall and it looked great and I think it's just I because she it. wasn't yeah and she wasn't thinking about it but she just yeah. it was what it was it, it she wanted three colors on her wall and that's what she put on there and and there wasn't any yeah. thought but it, it it did work it was never gonna it wasn't gonna be like a piece of work for a an art show or like that but it, it worked for what she wanted it for so yeah of course you can do things like that if you wanted to do an abstract for above your fireplace to match the sofa yeah you know get some splats of paint and splat it or whatever but um there's a difference between that kind of thing and a more of a uh thoughtful kind of abstract which makes which is supposed to make you think it's a bit like um i mean you could abstract a figure couldn't you but sometimes you look at an abstract painting and you think is that meant to represent a figure or not? Is, yeah. is it? If you, oh, I'm going to mention her again, aren't I? You know who I'm going to say. Oh, oh yeah, God, I no, I can't. I can't talk about Carmel again. No. <laughs> but see, no. she does like abstract um, figures, doesn't she? They're abstracted. Yeah. You can tell they're figures, but you can go beyond that and do it even, even more where you're looking at something going, is, can I see that in this? And I, this is what I love so much about, you know, Abstract Art April, where that's one of our yeah. challenges, which we've just finished now, actually, and um, as we record this. And it's I lo- the ones I love the most are the ones where I look at a piece of art and I think, oh, I think I can see, like, two birds and a blah, blah, blah. And it's not there. It's just what I see in it. And I like abstract paintings that make me wonder if I'm right does this represent that or not and somebody else will go oh no I see this and I love those sort of ones where they make you question what it's about and what is it um even more than I do probably the ones that are clearly a I don't know uh, an abstract of I don't know a water and fish or what do you know what I mean yeah I do yeah Uh, I don't know I mean I, I was thinking I I've seen some abstracts and I love it when you see movement in an abstract. I saw one um, not long ago and I thought, oh, it's a fairground. Oh, Do you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't a fair, well, it might have been. It might have been mm. where the influence came. But it's just just that moving, just, there was sort of loads going on and it was just like, you know, that bustling, you hate fairgrounds, I know. Bustling yeah, fairground sort of thing. Fairground. <laughs> I hate fair fairground. They're really creepy places. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I that's think that's where serial killers lurk. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was going to say I sometimes am very envious about abstract for yeah. abstract artists as well because I think if you've got if you're looking for something for your wall and you've got you you you've got certain colours you know in the rest of the room you can always find an abstract that would sit well in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas the stuff that you or I do, say, like not everybody is going to want this weird face in their living room. Not everyone is going to want a wine bottle. But if you get something that you can't actually tell what it is, but it's got great colours, great feel for it, then I think it kind of fits many more rooms. My uncle Danny was that made um, sense. a brilliant artist. And going back to what you were saying about you like abstract art that moves. And at first yeah. I, I couldn't quite get what you meant. But as soon as you said about the fairground and, and I, I knew exactly what you meant. And he, he was one of these artists who could do anything. He could sculpt. He was an amazing sculpture, a sculptor, sorry. And um, he could paint realism and he could paint amazing abstracts. And he did one which actually hung on my mum and dad's wall for years. Um, and it was when if you look close up it it looked like and it was quite um impasta you know that you know real thick brush marks real thick paint um and it just looked like sort of blobs and sweeps and more blobs and you know this colorful like god what like an um like an argument of color (laughs) on a on a canvas for want of a better way of describing it and um but what was so cool about it was as you 
move back from the canvas and you stand further and further back, you can actually see that what it is, is it's loads of soldiers sitting on um, horseback and they are literally holding their shields and their swords and rushing towards the viewer. And it's, it's, it was incredible. So, so clever how he did it. But that you've got all that movement just from these blobs of paint. And that's, that's what it was. There was yeah. not, there wasn't a single face in it. There wasn't, you couldn't really tell. It's only, it's just how it all came together as a whole. It's so, so clever. So yeah, I'm with you there. I love those ones that create movement, but what point does an abstract not become an abstract, if you know what I mean? So if you look at someone like, um, I don't know, Jackson Pollock, for instance, what I said earlier, that's obviously an abstract painter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but what about someone then like um, Christian Hook, who, if anyone doesn't know who he is, look him up, the way he does portraits and things. Would you say that that is still abstract painting, the way he painted in that portrait artist of the year where he kind of swept his sort of credit card through the paint and, and did these kind of swishes and and scrapes and it's no longer a realistic representation of that particular face but it it almost looks cinematic and it's moving and it's pixelated would you say that's abstract or would you just you know or would you say that's not abstract it's just a a, re, a representational painting with abstract qualities i always call things semi-abstract and i'm sure that's not a remote term in any sense mm. but that's how i i tend to see things yeah but yeah i mean i don't know i i guess it's the individual decides if they yeah. call it abstract or not don't they i mean i don't know if what i do it, i always call mine abstract faces or semi-abstract faces but are they abstract they're mm. certainly weird they're not representational well they're partially i guess representational i guess yeah yeah i know what you mean I, I guess picasso i mean he's an obvious one to say yeah he's an abstract but is he but he's not those cubism isn't he but so also, is that abstract or or is is cubism abstract just called something else it's weird, isn't it, how it all have these names? I would say it, like... I would say cubism was abstract, but it was mm. a way, it's a way of abstracting. Yes. So yes, it's that's, abstracting yeah. with angles. Right. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you could pointillism. Would you call that abstraction? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting sort of blur of what what is an abstract and what isn't i mean if i was yeah. to say what i would think was an absolute abstract it would be when you go into someone's house and on the wall they've got this canvas and it isn't in it's nothing in particular it's just sweeps of color shapes and you know it just creates a mood um i would say that's probably what i would call a true abstract and other things i see as things that have been abstracted so it's yeah. not what it, it, you know what it is, but it's done in a in an abstract way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. Mm. I mean, I, I see a lot of things as well, like, like you were saying about the person's wall, and they've got this, and it just seems like dabs of colour. But you'll also see, so see some of them, and you think, well, is that based on a land? I'll often say, is it based on a landscape because it kind of looks landscape like? Yeah, and. I was thinking, are there just different ways that you can create abstract? Because, like, some people like might just start by making marks, and it's there's no representation at all. It's just literally intuition, what they feel works as, as they build it up. Then other people, like myself, might use images as a starting point. I mean, I've seen a classic way of creating abstract someone's taught this and I can't even remember it was I mean I think I even learned it at college was to take a section of a photo blow it out really big and paint it yeah I mean that's another way of making an abstract isn't it I don't know yeah. but would you call that abstract or not mm. I don't well, know yeah I, I don't know I'm mm. I guess it is in a way because I mean, if you think about an abstract photograph, you you know when people do that, we do um, one of our challenges is that, isn't it? Do a photograph, uh, an yeah. abstract photo, which is basically such a close up of something you can barely tell what it is. What it, it doesn't have to be that, but that's a lot of, a lot of the way that people yeah. 
do it, don't they? And um, yeah, it's it's a complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. What annoys me though is when people say, "Oh, a six-year-old could do that." Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes a six-year-old could do it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> however, however, there are times when I've thought that, <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. and especially before I ever did art. I think before I ever did art, I didn't understand abstract at all. I just thought what a lot of nonsense. And now I do art, and I understand it. I can see the. I can see the um, the complexity of it. If you know what I mean, I can see it's not just you know you know slapping a bit of paint on sometimes it can be obviously sometimes people do that um there are things as well that do make me raise my eyebrows like i said earlier i mean if i go into a gallery now and i see a painting of a i don't know a red a red splob in the middle of a canvas and because of the name on the canvas it's worth thousands of pounds to me that's just an absolute mickey take isn't it it really is so that i do raise my eyebrows and i think that that is it's that kind of thing that gives abstract art a bad name i think something i really like about the idea of abstracts is that it's quite inclusive isn't it yes so if you've got someone who thinks they can't draw and say a little workshop for creating your own abstract came up most people probably wouldn't be so daunted to have a go at that as they would be, say it was to draw a bird or draw a lion. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's the sort of thing that even though we know what's involved to create a good abstract, anybody would probably feel like they could give it a go. I mean, Kevin has even said to me before, he wouldn't mind having a go at creating an abstract sometime just because he feels he can't draw, but it would just be quite interesting to see what he yeah. came up with. Yeah. I'd love to see Paul do that because he's colourblind, but um, apparently um, colourblind people are really, really good with pattern. So they see things that other people don't, like they notice things that other people don't. So... (laughs) Get him set up with a canvas. They are. Yeah, I'd love to. I don't think you would. Both of you do one. (laughs) Both of you do an abstract together. Oh, we could do. We could do a. um, We could do a Titanic. You know where (laughs) one's laying there naked while the other one. Yeah, I don't want to know about what you're doing. (laughs) The other one's painting. I think that's the only way I could ever get him on to to paint anything is if I promised to be his model. (laughs) You do it then. Try it. (laughs) this is what i loved about ages and ages ago there was this um you might remember it uh program god what was it called oh you you told me about one yeah do you remember we interviewed callum stephen yes and very very early on in the podcast um and he he was didn't you yeah yeah and was i think he was a runner-up i think he was one of the top three i can't remember if he comes second or third but in in this um uh, program and I can't remember what the blooming program was called but basically it took a, a load of artists and they were coming to this competition and it was all about you know trying to get them to loosen up and you know be creative be more creative well he was a realism painter um, and he did things like he still does actually in fact he's a brilliant painter I, I do follow him still and he's he's got better and better he's amazing but he was doing things at the time like packets of m&ms which you know i've seen before online you know um where they do the the packet and the colorful sweets and you know it's, it's amazing and he was doing real realistic things like that and since then he's he's done a lot more he does so much more um complicated subjects and he's incredible but at the time as a realism painter they were sort of saying to him okay I want you to draw I want you to use this mop um, bucket of paint to create a I don't know the feeling of ballerinas moving around on a ca- or whatever yeah I don't think it was necessarily that but it was stuff like that or using like um, a six foot stick to try and draw, <laughs> you know, on, on the yeah. surface in front of you. And then they do things like, I, I remember they had a load of dancers. They all had to stand there with their easels and they had a load of dancers dancing around and they were, it was flamenco, I think it was. 
might have been ballerinas, I can't remember, but they were all sort of spinning around the dance floor. And these artists were having to sort of sit there and and try and capture all of this movement. And, of course, as a realism painter, he was really struggling. He really, really did struggle. Um, and I really felt for him because if you watched the programme and you didn't know what he was capable of, you'd think, you know, he's not, you know, someone who perhaps would be natural natural artist but actually he really was it's just that it was so out of his comfort zone and often I think realism painters and that's it's the same for me I guess is that you find it harder to let go because you're not so not used, used to, to doing, doing it. it yeah you know and so you can kind of feel a bit like a rabbit in the headlight in the headlights you know if you're suddenly somebody's saying right do this and you're looking at it thinking what <laughs> I, I I need four hours to do that you know um but it was a really interesting program, and I really enjoyed watching how they really had to make these people change their mindset and just just do it. It was a kind of just do it approach and stop overthinking it. It's very, very hard, though, if you're not used to doing that and painting that way. Yes, yeah, like I said I before, it it's fair. something you assume that you should be able to do straight away, but I think it's definitely something that the more you did it, like if you had to draw those dancers moving and you did it several times a week yeah then in six months time you'd probably produce something really good wouldn't you yeah but the first time you attempt it you're just scratching around and wondering where to even start aren't you I think most people would would struggle with something like that yeah I mean I I don't think I'd have problems with the the tonal values and the colour balance and the understanding the pattern and all that sort of thing. But I think I'd have a problem with just doing one full stop. Because <laughs> I just... Well, they're just moving. How, how, how do you... I mean, unless you're good at holding a picture in your head. Yeah. It's, I guess it's, a, it's something you build up as you go, isn't it? Yeah. It's not something you can't... I think with an abstract, you can't really visualise what's coming. You just... You make it work, you build it, and you think, right, okay, well, that needs something. It might start with a sweep of paint. So you might just sweep a paintbrush across the canvas and you've just got this energetic, bright turquoise stroke. And then you have to think, okay, right, I'm going to start from there. What what goes, perhaps what colour would I use with turquoise? Or maybe a subtle orange or a peachy colour would would go beautifully with turquoise. So I want to get that somewhere, but I don't want to use a sweep of paint. So how about I sort of do some you know splats or shake or you know fling my brush and create these splats across the canvas and then maybe it might be like well they look a bit contrived now perhaps I'll sweep my credit card through and mix the two together and 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 then that doesn't work so you think okay well I'm going to go over that um and I'm going to do this and it's sort of I think a lot of abstract is like that it's like building something without having any plans you just have to sort of take each stage and then think okay right that works so what next what what should I do now um I've noticed that there's there's so much turquoise over there and very little down here I need to somehow pull that together and do you know what I mean yeah I mean there's an artist that I sometimes chat to on Instagram and she says some of her paintings have so many layers because she'll be basically do that she'll do something and then it'll be like oh, I don't actually like that, that I've done, or it doesn't work. So then she'll wait for that to dry, and then she goes over the top, and it might completely change. Whereas when we work, it's probably, it might look completely polished, but you'll kind of see what we're getting at, won't we? But hers could look completely different at the end to what it started at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's clever. If you think about when, um, you know, you see these videos, don't you? And somebody sort of pixelates an area because they don't want you to see it. Yeah. That's the sort of way I would look at abstracting something. So you can pixelate it to the point where you can still roughly see what it's meant to be. Yeah. Or you can pixelate it to a point where you literally can't. But what you're doing is you're, it basically now just looks like squares of colours all mixed up. And you really can't tell what it is. Do you I, want want to, I want to see you do that then. <laughs> That's your next yeah. painting. What, to to pixelate one of my paintings. Oh, I chase Chelsea. Do you know what, though? Yeah, perhaps I should. Perhaps I'm, I'm not saying I will do this at all, but maybe I do remember seeing actually. Paul and I went to this um, gallery in Tunbridge Wells a long time, 
fact, it might not have... Yes, it was Tunbridge Wells. And um, it had, on this wall, it had a massive painting. And it, this, ma- this painting would have been over six foot by six foot it was a massive square and it was basically a donut with um, icing on and hundreds and thousands I always remember it and what was so clever about it is when we walked in it was on the far side of the gallery so you walked in and you saw this realism painting of this donut with hundreds and thousands and then as we walked closer and closer the brush strokes were becoming more and more obvious and then they were becoming this sort of mishmash of just marks and then the closer we got we were like, and Paul said wow this is really loose isn't it I mean you can't when you're looking close it looks almost like a bit of a mess like it's unfinished yeah but then as you walk further away it becomes this you know re- realistic um donut it's quite clever, really. So this this person must have a massive art studio with a runway must between be, them and they? the... Because that's the only way you could really get it to work is to, to go down and put some marks down and then go right back and think, OK, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'd love to have that much space in my art room, wouldn't you? Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. to do something like that. That would be pretty cool to try, actually. You should try you know. it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, on a big... It would need to be on a very big canvas, though, to get that effect. You couldn't. That's not something you could really do on a small canvas, I don't think. I wonder if you could do it small, but do you know what I mean? Almost the same. So then you wouldn't have to stand quite so far away. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't think you could do it small, but I think no, not yeah, small, smaller. but maybe the size you yeah. normally work kind of. Yeah, thing. it'd be interesting yeah, to try something like that. I mean, like I say, I've been so blocked lately that you know i could just do something for the hell of it on just a cheap yeah. canvas just to see what happens you know just for fun yeah mm. now yeah. i wondered i don't know if you've got anything else to talk about with the general abstract or whether we should share some ideas of how either we what we tried or ideas of how maybe you could try abstracting okay you start then because you <laughs> I, well i've got a list so i, I can okay. just shout them all out if you haven't got any so well, um okay. so the first but first one I thought how we said about before is to take that small element of a photo and yeah. use that as a starting point I mean mm. I think that's something anybody could try and you wouldn't even have to literally draw it you might just look at it and think okay it's got a bit of red there it's kind of got a triangle there and it's it's a start I think and you could do that from a realistic painting do you think well you could do it from just taking a photo of anything couldn't mm. you you could go out to the garden take a bit of a leaf and a brick and you could take it of a photo you take on a holiday of a bit of the ocean and it could be anything yeah as long as you went in close enough you're going to get some interesting shapes aren't you mm. yeah i could probably take one of my desk it's such a mess there's plenty on there <laughs> <laughs> But so have you got any or shall I shall No, you I carry well, no, I mean I've got the obvious ones which I've seen people do, which is like sweeping, okay. you know, doing doing something that they would normally do. But then you know when you see this like say for instance again, portrait of artist of the year or landscape artist of the year is a is one where they typically do this quite a bit and you'll see this amazing painting, you'll go, Wow, that is so good. And then just as you think, wow, it's amazing, they go and get a a great big you know piece of card and they just slice across it and you're like oh my god what have you done you've ruined it sort of thing but actually sure enough it works because they then go on to do something else and it you just think oh god I'd never have I would never have been brave enough to do that so I guess if you ever have a painting that doesn't feel like it's going right um or if you're brave enough and you've got a painting that is going right but you just think sod it I'm gonna I'm gonna have a go at this just you know slice through it or scrape across it with a like a scraper or a palette knife and just see the effects that that can have um and work I've work torn with up paintings like that I have actually I've done like a face and I thought oh that's rubbish so <laughs> I've torn, torn it up mm. put bits back together and then drawn over the top of it and I've still hated it <laughs> but <laughs> but other people on social media have loved it Mm. Oh, I it's it like shot. collage, a sort of a cross between collage and abstract, then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, another way, the really obvious way, is just to squint at something and draw shapes. So you, you're taking from realism again. I do believe that there was an artist, and I can't remember who it was, um, and they used to put, um, they used to have glasses 
Yeah. But they didn't they didn't need glasses, but what they used to do is they used to smear the glasses with Vaseline. Oh yeah. So and and this was so that everything was blurred but they didn't have to get crow's feet by keep squinting. Ah, that's clever. Very yeah. clever. And it was clever. Get the Vaseline she, out. Yeah, she said, Oh, it's just literally just um makes everything it just you can sort of see the colours and the tones, but you can't really make out what it is. Everything's a bit of a blur, which is quite a yeah. cool way of doing it, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. That's clever. Um, another thing, it's almost like you were talking about with the mop, is use something that's difficult to control and allow interesting things to happen. And I love this. I mean, the way I paint is this, basically, because I'll use the dropper top of the ink bottle to actually start the drawing and and then i'll use like kids sponge brushes and rollers because there's no way you can be accurate with stuff like that no i mean i've talked before haven't i about someone on instagram and she'd attached her brushes to like garden canes or pencils to garden canes anything like that i love stuff like that someone on our um group uh was doing they'd had they'd done a um I think it was a continuous line drawing uh, yeah. of, a, of a man. Uh, I think he was wearing a hat. It's just a continuous line um, black pen drawing. That was it. And they, yeah. what they'd done, though, is for some reason they'd it had bled through to the page behind and the page behind had got a bit wet. That was Rob, it, wasn't it? Was it Rob? That, yeah. Was that Rob? Are you sure? It was a <clears> face, <throat> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like head and shoulders, and it had bled. And yeah, and when I looked at it, I thought, "My oh, God, that looks really amazing." It looked almost spooky, but it looked really sort of yeah eerie. And and I thought, "Wow, that's that's the art is is that one that's the accidental thing on, that happened underneath." And that's the sort of thing I love is those accidental pieces of art where you, you know you do something like that, and it's like, "Oh, can't believe that's just happened." But yeah. Really good, it was. I don't know if it was Rob or not, but I'm pretty maybe sure it was, it was Rob. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, Rob, if it wasn't. Mm. But I mean, that's almost like the old palette, isn't it? When the leftover paint on a palette looks really cool. Do you remember as, as, as kids at school, we used to be, have to put a, like a an, a blob of paint, a few different colours on one side of the page, and then you fold it in half, and then you squish oh, it all down, yeah. and then you open yeah. it up. I mean, that's another way of abstracting something, isn't it? And it always used to look amazing, didn't it? Always just looked like a butterfly. Mine didn't look amazing, no. <laughs> and I've seen some it amazing things like that. It? Somebody on um, on um, Instagram once they they put this um, they'd dipped their this piece of sort of quite thick string it was, and they dipped it into this really fluid acrylic paint. And then what they'd done is they opened their sketchbook and they kind of let this um string kind of plop down onto this sketchbook but they kept hold of the very end of the string so it kind of all bunched up and then they closed the sketchbook over the string and then they pulled it they just pulled it really slowly out from the bottom of the sketchbook and when they opened it it looked amazing i tried it and it was absolutely awful (laughs) but when they did it it created this I mean, I only I only tried it a couple of times, and I don't. I think I was using the wrong the wrong paper, and you know, yeah. um, the page the paper wasn't slippy enough, and whatever. Um, but what they did when they did it, it looked like this amazing kind of like um, lily leaf that had sort of curled and just looked incredible. So there are there are ways you can do abstract by using you know these things like that, and and then working with them afterwards, working over them or. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think a classic yeah. way to make something a semi-abstract is use blind contours, isn't it? Like you've been doing lately. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I guess I'd call that naive. I mean, that's not. It's definitely not pure. No, it's kind of cr- recreating naive art, isn't it? Which I kind of like because, and I'll tell you why I think I like those drawings. You know, the blind contour drawings so much. Yeah. I think it's because. Because they are very childlike drawings, that's just how they come out. It takes your mindset back to that period of time when you were a child and you thought every single thing you did was a masterpiece because you just, and your mum would put it on the fridge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It kind of, I don't know if that's sort of partly why I really like it. Cause you're like, it, yeah, it's just that it brings out that child in you going, oh my God, look what I did. <laughs> I, th- I think it makes it just interesting, like it. doesn't it? It makes, 
mm. unexpected it's like the unexpected mark making i guess yeah yeah, yeah. i might i was thinking of trying to do one but doing it you'll you said you would do one of all your family with a big chunky marker oh with a chunky marker yeah i would like to but with a big, you know, on a big sheet of paper with a chunky yeah. marker, with a calligraphy end, you know, the chisel bit. Yeah, yeah. And try and do it like that and see, you know, an arm's length and just see what happens. That would be quite cool. Yeah, try it. Mm. Yeah, because I'd, I'm quite interested in trying some stuff that's yeah. quick and not not using, you know, loads of really expensive art materials. Just having a bit of an experiment, yeah. you know. Another thing I've tried, and that is to join up elements that wouldn't normally be joined. So this is more for semi-abstract. So I might start drawing an eye really loosely and I'll let the line flow into the nose. And I might even overlap stuff as well. I think that can be quite interesting. Would you ever mix up the the order of the face so would you ever think oh i'm gonna actually i'm gonna do a nose sort of on the forehead <laughs> no oh, would you go that mad <laughs> or you not. wouldn't know <laughs> i do i do put the ears i do put the ears really low sometimes i put the ears yeah. almost on yeah. the neck sometimes deliberately but, yeah. or i don't give it ears. yeah so yeah so but no and i have done double <laughs> eyes before and stuff like that yeah. double eyes yeah yeah Oh, you could do someone drunk. Well, it was basically eyes. like me having a vertigo, like I've had for, you know, the other week. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. But I think another thing... Go on then, how I else? think a classic one is just by making marks. You know, if you just get different mark-making tools, you know, like your twig, your gone-off brush that's all dried up, and just start making marks, I think that's a really interesting thing to do i mean you've done that with drawing more realistic things haven't you yeah and i but i like if i was going to do that i think i'd like to do that without having anything in mind of what i'm going to draw just just use the marks and enjoy the marks do you know what i mean yeah i've I've never i mean i can't sit here and say oh gosh i know everything there is to know about abstract art i don't and that's why we've been trying to find an expert but this is just our take on it isn't it and you, you certainly abstract things in many ways but um I do enjoy abstract art. I enjoy looking at it and I enjoy learning about it and I enjoy looking at what makes it work. And I also laugh at what doesn't make it work. And I went by laugh, I mean when these incredibly famous artists do it and make loads of money and you think, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Lucky devil, that's what you think. How do you yeah. do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got another one, and this yeah. uh, actually I should have said this when you mentioned about moving features, but um, working semi-abstract, try replacing elements with other things, or moving them a bit. So, ah. for example, maybe if you create a face, maybe the eyes become triangles or flowers, or do you know what I mean? Didn't you do something like that before with a vintage telephone? Yes, I did use a telephone. I did, it was actually an exercise from a course from uh, Sketchbook School. And right, what, I think the, I, I adapted the exercise because I did it how you were supposed to, which was basically just draw a lo- load yeah. of different objects and then you would p- piece them together. Yeah. Well, this one, I just wrote down a list of objects and then drew them together. So it was bringing together a telephone and a person and some other things. Yeah. yeah. So that's a fun yeah. thing. Oh, I love that. I love that one. I really love that one. You should put it in the show notes. What, the picture? If, oh, so people, yeah, so people know what we're it. about. Because I really yeah. enjoyed that one. I know it's an old one, but yeah. I really enjoyed that one. That was one of my favourites. This is another one, a bit like you were saying about Christian Hook. You know how he puts a mm. credit card thing through things. This is just a really fun yeah. thing to try that I've done before, is to draw with water-soluble media and then... yeah. When you get near the end or part way along, take water on a sponge or a credit card and just pull it through in different bits. Fun. Yeah, and those sort of things you sort of can you learn at primary school some of these things, don't you? And you forget. You do, yeah. <laughs> you forget how much fun it is. Yeah, yeah. This is one I've used when I when I first started doing abstract faces, not the very first ones I tried, which were a disaster. But once after that, I started using the photo manipulation app. There's loads yeah. where you can just, on your phone, you just take have a photo and then you can make the eye bigger, you can make the mouse smaller, you can make it blur off 
and basically you mess yeah. about with a face or well, you could do it with other things you could do it with a landscape anything and then yeah, yeah. use that as your starting point yeah yeah do you think it's time to read out the answer to our last question I do. And the the question was, have you ever been through a serious art block? And if so, how did you pull yourself out of it? So I've got the first... And obviously that was a completely selfish question. That was me asking you all out yeah. there. Help! <laughs> so I've got the first one, which is Carol Whitmore. And she says, Gu- Julia, Julia, Julia Cameron, the artist way. And I think she's referring to the book and how it helped her. Yeah, I've got that book, actually. Um, I, I don't, like I don't it. remember. I, I didn't enjoy it, but so many artists say it's brilliant. I wasn't so keen, but maybe I should have a little flick through it again. Um, I've got Craig Pickles. Never really classed myself as an artist, I guess. Just someone who liked to draw. Although I did find I did a few commissioned portraits for friends and paintings over 10 years ago, then just stopped. I'd pick up a pencil and just wasn't really into it kept drawing did some online classes got bored but no real desire then last november a friend recommended this group i've never looked back i've gone through two moleskin sketchbooks and now on a watercolor moleskin book never watercolored until this group and now i reckon i would probably look at myself as an artist thank you tara Roscoe, and sandra busby and all of the positive artists in here i love that comment <laughs> i really do yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, writing I mean, that, actually. I mean, it's similar to me mm. as well. I mean, that's what got me painting again, taking part in challenges. So I think it does work. And the online classes, I think you've sort of said that they're so good. And um, I think that's an, that's another thing I definitely think I might. Well, I definitely, definitely might. might yeah. <laughs> I definitely. I have been thinking about, oh, maybe I should do some classes in things that I've never tried before. Yeah, just to, definitely. you know, get my juices flowing again. Mm. Right, I've got yep, Andy Andy W Art. At work, I have to remind myself it's it's my job and not finding a way through it is unprofessional. If it's a personal project, I time out and go do some sketching, find a cool image such as a friend's holiday photo and just sketch what I see in my mind. Imagine the privilege of being there. I've got Emma Miller. I'm actually going through a bit of a block at the moment, trying other creative outlets like embroidering, past drawings and paintings to keep busy these tips are good she says so she's obviously been reading them all all of these ones yeah. that have been written down yeah i've got rob myers and he says when i get artist block i know it's time to have a break as the creative journey is supposed to be enjoyable after a small break i always find my mind full of fresh new ideas I've got Melanie Forrester Brooks. I tend to go the other way and I get over-inspired, so much so that it's hard to stop and create. I've prompted out an interesting journal, but now that I'm half finished and still jotting down ideas I want to try, I'm about to loosely lay out two more. Once I know the ideas are jotted down, I can get back to actually making something. I know you've had this problem, haven't you? I remember you saying to me, I, I have too many ideas that I never actually do any of them because i'm too busy thinking of ideas yeah, that's a problem yeah yeah good problem to have it is i've got kerry caffin and she says i think the block is a sign that you need to change direction just a little or a lot if you've got bored unstimulated or lose a passion for creating it's because you have exhausted that area and need to try something new for a while i think kerry's giving you some advice sandra yeah, Kerry's a great friend of mine, um, known her for years. And yeah, so I'm sure she'll be giving me a kick up the bum at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I've got Martina Hansen. I got a new job. My job is to make sure everything goes right in exams. I saw a picture in an ink stri- scribble as usual, and I just couldn't stop trying to finish the picture. To make time go faster, I began to modestly sketch during the exams. I found out that I need to work on my techniques, so I did, and here I am. I've been sketching, painting and drawing throughout my whole life. I'm not bored when I draw, I'm inspired. In Sweden, you're allowed to call yourself an artist with or without art education. I'm a multi-artist, as we say. Art is just a small part of everything I can do. I've got Maggie Fitz. Yes, several times, literally years between years between creating the first time i worked through artist way by julie cameron in a group online the second time i found challenges to be really helpful for getting me to create every day inktober and this site were game changers for me 
So nice. So nice yeah. to hear all that. Uh, curious, inky me. I think these periods are needed. I'm not blocked, but just letting ideas percolate in my mind. We have to embrace the season of our creativity and serve energy ready for when we bloom so don't push it i know it will come when it's ready so it's time to get outside swim bake and calm my mind and yes sometimes it does last a while yeah it's really good advice so we have a new question for you and that is what's the most unexpected source of inspiration you've ever drawn from for your art so what is the most unexpected source of inspiration you've ever drawn from from your art as always you can let us know in the facebook group which if you haven't already joined i highly recommend you do we'll put the question up there and on our facebook page and of course on instagram which is kicking the creatives yeah and i hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed don't forget to pop to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges and of course there you can also subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode and if you're enjoying the podcast we would be so grateful if you would leave us a little review on itunes or whatever platform you um, use to listen to us or just the star rating if you don't have any time um in fact, any anything you can do to help is is great, isn't it? Even sharing sharing the episode um, would would be you know, yeah on social or telemates would be fantastic. Yeah, it really would. Um, if you want to find either myself or Tara online, I'm on Instagram and TikTok under Sandra.Busby. But be warned, my Instagram is mainly about the art. My TikTok is some art, but other stuff you're probably not at all interested in my website is sandrabusbyart.com what about you tara you can find me on my website which is tararoskellart.com you can also find me on instagram and facebook also both those places on tara roskell art and also don't forget to check out and subscribe to our kick in the creatives new kick in the creatives newsletter to keep up with the challenges and podcasts which you can do via our website also, we've released a course, which is how to create characters and cartoons. And if you're interested, you can find a link to the course on our website or go to kickinthecreatives.com forward slash cartoon course and find out more. And if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us here at Kick in the Creatives, you can now do so by buying us a coffee and you can find the link on our website. And thank you so, so much to our recent supporters, Sana Sira. Hers came with a big smiley face. We've got Zena. She says, thank you for all of your commitment and enthusiasm. Alison Cochran, very happy to support you lovely ladies. Thanks for everything that you do. Gabriella, thanks so much for your daily inspiration. So happy I found you. Also, Joanna Brown, Marie McSween and Jeannie. Thank you all so, so much. We really, really appreciate your support. But until next time, we will see you then. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. We're going to have to come to the end soon anyway because my dog's staring at me. I've just realised I've forgotten to feed him his <laughs> dinner. It dinner time? Oh. It was dinner time at four oh. o'clock. He's looking at me as if to say, well, why haven't I been fed? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a way of editing that bit out, aren't I? No, <laughs> so you're let's fine. Just, just licking, he's licking the floor. Sorry, I'm going to have to, I'm definitely going to have to edit this bit out. Shall I just go and feed him Okay, quickly? go It'll on It'll take then. me about two seconds. All right. Oh, God.